Welcome to Audiobook Test Drive. In today's episode, we are featuring an excerpt from The Wall Street Dom, written by S. L. Hendrickson. From Power Broker to Dominatrix Extraordinaire Marilyn loved the power and prestige of being the most powerful woman on Wall Street, but there was something missing in her life that she couldn't put a name to until she experienced her first orgasm and the thrill of sexual domination. After her life-changing sexual awakening, it wasn't long before she morphed from a virgin to a connoisseur of her own orgasms, and from a business leader to a dominatrix. When Leslie entered her life, she experienced her first loving and sexually satisfying relationship ever. All she knew was that she needed this smart and beautiful woman in her life and in her bed. Ultimately, Marilyn's journey became more about self-discovery and fulfillment than sex and kink. And now for your listening pleasure, an excerpt from The Wall Street Dom. Chapter 1 The sun was setting and golden rays of light streaked into her 34th floor office. Sunlight danced off the walls as Marilyn turned around and looked out the window. Lately, she had spent more and more time watching sunsets. When she first moved into the corner office, the shades were always drawn. She never set aside time for such frivolous activities as gazing upon the sun while it sank beneath the horizon, or watching the clouds turn a deep blue with yellow tops while the city lights below began sparkling spectacularly. Marilyn was feeling listless. It was getting increasingly harder to concentrate because there was something missing in her life, something she had yet to put a name to. She was only vaguely aware that the sun finally disappeared and the lights from the city provided a breathtaking view. On the city streets below, the people of the night would be coming out. Sometimes, after working very late, she would go walking and would marvel at the metamorphosis of the city. In the day, it was filled with people in business suits, limos, power brokers, and their subordinates with their cell phones and laptops working on, or chasing, that next big deal. At night, the street people would come out, all those people who made their living in the night, on the streets, deals consummated in an alley or a doorway. Some of the occupants of the limos were seeking sexual favors for money from the ladies of the evening and the boys, especially young boys, who stood on certain street corners. When Marilyn was extremely restless, because it would take hours to unwind after a big day, she would go to the east side. She had found it quite by accident when she had gotten off on the wrong subway stop when she first moved into the city. The hookers and pimps fascinated her. The way they talked and the clothes they wore. She often wondered what it would be like to wear revealing clothes and yell at cars as they drove by wondered what it would be like to make a deal for sex. In the daytime, the deals were about money. At night, the deals were always about sex. Walking by the raunchy bookstores, she would be intrigued and slightly aroused by the sexual material displayed in their windows, always drawn to the magazines with pictures of female domination on their covers, fascinated by the different restraints and whips. She never went into the bookstores or into the nearby strip clubs to watch any of the sex acts advertised on their marquees. But she always wondered what it would be like to make a living that way. 
Those musings were her only experience with such carnal knowledge. Marilyn was never hassled on these little excursions. Everyone could tell from her appearance that she was an uptown woman. Tonight she thought about going home, but it was such a long train ride. The townhouse in the suburbs was to satisfy her mother, who thought the inner city was too dangerous. The house was an excellent tax deduction, but not very practical, since the job required twelve or fourteen-hour days, and often sleeping on the large leather couch, turning the office into a makeshift apartment. Marilyn turned around and looked at the three computer screens on her desk, displaying data on the latest billion-dollar merger. Her ten-member staff had been going over the financial records of a large corporation for weeks. She fed on the power and responsibility like a drug. It had kept her high for years and loving the many perks of the job, the six-figure income, the limos, the private planes, the parties. But now she was losing her enthusiasm for it and didn't know why. On the desk was a small picture of her sister's family. She never had any interest in marriage and had sacrificed family and relationships for power and prestige, proud of what she had accomplished. Marilyn had graduated top of her class at business school and was voted one of the ten most influential people in the city. Her recommendation could approve or kill a merger and send a company's stock soaring or plummeting. She had access to the personal data on every company employee from the chairman of the board to the mail clerks. But lately, her job duties had become routine and once engaging tasks were now boring. In six months she would be forty, and there wasn't any time for a midlife crisis. Marilyn sighed, went into the private bathroom, ran some cold water, got a washcloth, held it under the water, and then dabbed her face. She looked into the mirror. With the right makeup, she could be somewhat good-looking. Now, with big bags beneath her eyes, pale skin, black, short-cut, estranged hair, and manly features, she looked like an old hag. A professional did her hair and makeup every week, but Marilyn was convinced that it was a waste of money because it had been brains and not looks that propelled her to the top of her profession. She took off her suit jacket and blouse, wet the washcloth, wiped under her arms, took off her bra, and looked at her breasts. They were tiny, no more than slight bumps on her chest, yet the nipples were large and dark. Marilyn had never thought of herself as attractive sexually and didn't care that she wasn't. At six foot one, she had been taller than most of the boys in high school. They used to call her the stick. Marilyn removed her panties and then turned so she could look at her backside. It was large for her frame, but it was firm and perfectly shaped. Men would make comments, especially when she wore a tight skirt or pantsuit. She ran her hands down her sides. Her ribs protruded slightly. Her stomach was flat, and her body was athletic, even though she spent most of her time glued to her desk and computer screens. Marilyn ran one hand through her bush and stroked her clit with her thumb. She almost never touched herself sexually, not because she thought it was wrong or dirty, but because she was never interested. But now she was wondering why she was standing in the bathroom naked and touching herself. She got the washcloth wet with really cold water and then dabbed her face and was starting to think she had gone off the deep end when her cell phone rang. Damn, Marilyn said, 
scrambling to find the phone in her suit coat. Hello? What are you doing, kid? Are you at the office? Of course you're at the office. Have you had any supper yet? Marilyn picked up her blouse and covered up as if she could be seen through the phone. It was Patricia, her best friend since college, who was one of the top attorneys in the city. I'm not doing anything, Marilyn said defensively. She almost felt like she had the one time her mother had walked in on her while she was exploring her vagina. Her mother had scolded her, saying that good girls don't do that. And she never did again. What? Are you all right? I'm fine. Well, if you haven't eaten, then meet me at Citrace. Okay, I will meet you there. Marilyn touched where her mother said she shouldn't, and it was completely dry. She couldn't remember the last time it was really wet down there, or excited. While getting dressed, she remembered that the last time was almost three years ago, at a conference for corporate tax accounting. He was at the bar, and she had too much to drink. She couldn't remember if she enjoyed it, or any of the details. It was the pattern that started in high school. Get intoxicated first, and then just let them do what they wanted, never thinking of her own needs or satisfaction. They were distant memories. There had been only one sexual experience in high school, and he never penetrated her, not knowing what to do with a virgin. Another one in college, plus Patricia, but that didn't really count. It couldn't be sex that was missing in her life, she thought. Sex was unnecessary and a waste of time. This train of thought slipped from her mind while getting dressed and shutting down the computers. The maitre d' escorted her to Patricia's table. A good-looking young man in a white shirt and tie came over and gave Marilyn a menu and took her drink order. A double scotch. Neat. Patricia checked him out as he left. Marilyn just shook her head. When you quit looking, you quit living, Patricia quipped. You're incorrigible. You always were, Marilyn responded. And you look like hell. Thanks. The waiter brought her drink. Are we ready to order, madame? Marilyn ordered the ravioli, and her friend ordered the Alfredo. Patricia raised her eyebrows and pursed her lips as the waiter left. Now there's a nice piece of boy candy. You're old enough to be his mother. Patricia was a year older than Marilyn. She, too, had given up family and relationships for a career. Her blonde hair was short and shaggy, and she didn't wear any makeup. Her job was to put bad guys in jail, to deal with the dregs of society, so she never cared about her appearance, but was still good-looking, and she knew it. She was well-endowed, and Marilyn always wondered what it was like to carry around those massive breasts all the time. I don't know how you keep it all together, Marilyn said after draining most of her drink. What do you mean? You always seem so vibrant. You never seem to get run down. That's because I make sure to take care of my personal needs on a regular basis. What do you mean? I'm talking about that thing between your legs. Marilyn felt her face become red and experienced even more discomfort when the waiter returned, afraid that he had heard them. Would you like another drink, madame? Please, Marilyn replied. I know you have always been uptight sexually, Patricia continued after the waiter walked away. It was true. Marilyn had always been the bookworm, the class valedictorian, the tall, awkward girl, never asked out on dates, never one of the popular girls. 
She spent most of her time in high school and college buried in books. If you take care of that regularly, it makes all the difference in the world. It was late and way past the normal supper hour. There were only a couple of businessmen on the other side of the restaurant, yet Marilyn still felt uncomfortable talking of such things in a public place. Who has time for relationships? Marilyn asked after the waiter brought her drink. I'm not talking about a relationship. Who needs all that? Who is going to call who, dealing with parents and relatives, worrying about what to buy for birthdays and holidays? I'm talking about dealing with it on a professional level. Marilyn just shook her head, totally confused. You have your clothes professionally done, right? Yes. You have your hair and nails done by professionals. So why not have your sexual needs taken care of by professionals? Marilyn discovered she was famished and was busy eating and only half heard what Patricia was saying. You mean a gigolo? Marilyn giggled as the half-finished second drink started to hit her. No, not exactly. Here, I'm going to do you a favor. Patricia unzipped her portfolio and took out her day planner, went through the business card holder, and pulled out a card. She wrote her name on the back of the card and then handed it to Marilyn. She was really starting to feel the drinks and almost dropped it on the plate. Printed on the card was Avalon, Personal Services. There was a phone number underneath the gold lettering, but no address. What's this? Just give them a call and set up an appointment. It's very exclusive. You have to be recommended by someone. It will change your life. Marilyn immediately slid the card into her day planner and forgot about it just as quickly. By the time they walked out of the restaurant, Patricia was half-carrying Marilyn. The lit skyscrapers loomed around them. Patricia waved for a cab. It moved over one lane, and then when it got close to them, the driver turned on the off-duty light. Damn cabbies, Patricia said, adding, What, you don't want to deal with a couple of drunken white women? As the cab went by, they both laughed hysterically. Marilyn was wobbling on her high heels. How many drinks did you have anyway? I had better get you home and into bed. No, I have a ton of work to do. I need to go back to the office. Patricia waved at another cab, and this one stopped. They both fell into the back seat. Grayson Office Plaza, Patricia said, and the cabbie grunted something. Marilyn's skirt had bunched up when she got in the cab, revealing a good part of her thigh. Patricia put her hand on it and then worked her hand up and massaged the sensitive, tender flesh there. Marilyn was wondering why she hadn't put her pantyhose back on. Patricia placed her hand between her legs and rested it on the flesh protruding through the panties. I can help you down there if you want me to. Marilyn put her head on Patricia's shoulder and thought about that time in college. They were roommates for almost a year. Marilyn had gotten accustomed to seeing Patricia run around half-dressed. They were the odd couple. Marilyn was thin, sexless, and always covered herself from head to toe with sweatpants and sweatshirts, even when she slept. Patricia was full-figured and spent a lot of time running around in just a bra and panties or in a nightgown that hid almost nothing. She had a reputation for being one of the campus sluts, but she didn't care. One day, Marilyn was taking a shower, and Patricia just pulled back the shower curtain and stepped in, and she just stood there, frozen, didn't know what to say. Patricia took the soap from Marilyn 
and slowly started to rub the soap over her body, rub the soap over the top of her chest, down each arm, and over her stomach. Then she rubbed the soap over her own chest and over her protruding nipples. Marilyn just stared at her chest, thinking how beautiful it was, large, firm, her small pink nipples sticking straight up. Patricia stepped into Marilyn and ran soap down her back. Marilyn grew tense. She wasn't used to feeling another person's hand on her body. Patricia lathered her back and then rubbed the soap over her ass, massaging it. You turn me on. Patricia tried to get her hands between her legs, but Marilyn kept them tightly together. She ran the soap over her stomach and then put the soap into Marilyn's hand and guided it between her legs. Wash me. Marilyn rubbed the soap all over her bush and then between her legs. Patricia tilted her head back and closed her eyes as Marilyn washed her slightly flabby thighs. Patricia pulled her in close and raked her fingernails gently over her back. Marilyn felt herself melt into her, and she continued to run her hand over her bush and between her legs, but never touching the most sensitive spot. Patricia adjusted the spray so it rinsed them off, and then adjusted the spray so it ran between her breasts. She pushed her breasts together, and the water ran between them like a river. Marilyn just stared at the water cascading down between her breasts. Patricia lifted them, offering them to her. I know you want them. Marilyn kissed the top of one breast and kissed down until she came to the nipple and then sucked it in. She couldn't believe how stiff it was. Her own nipples had never been like that. She liked the way it moved and tasted. When it slipped from her mouth, she looked up at Patricia and felt embarrassed. She covered up her own little breasts with her arms and got out of the shower. Patricia followed her out, and even though Marilyn was much taller, she grabbed her and pushed Marilyn's hand between her legs. Marilyn had never liked talking about her sex life, so Patricia had no idea about her lack of experience. I can't, Marilyn said, tensing up. Why, because I'm a woman? I don't know how. I will show you. Marilyn was just about to break away, but those fingers were on her again. She stopped and held still, perfectly still, afraid the feeling was going to stop. She couldn't help herself. It was wonderful. Patricia ran her fingers up and down, and then found her clit with the other hand. Just let me please you, and then I will show you how to please me. Marilyn knew it should stop because good girls didn't do this, but she didn't want the feeling to stop. Patricia massaged her whole ass while her index finger moved lightly in a circular motion on her clit. She increased the pressure, and Marilyn finally spread her legs apart. Patricia drove her fingers between her cheeks and pushed a finger inside. Marilyn moaned at the invasion. Patricia stopped. I'm sorry. I had no idea you were still a virgin. Marilyn didn't know what to say or do. She always thought that when the time came, she would instinctively know what to do with a man, but never imagine the first time would be with a woman. She could barely get in one finger. Marilyn liked the feeling of being wet, but suddenly there was something building deep inside, somewhere between her legs it was pushing, trying to get out, building bigger and bigger. No, no, stop, Marilyn said and tensed up. You're going to have an orgasm. Just let it happen, Patricia replied. For the first time, Marilyn's mind went blank. 
lost in the feeling. It felt like she was going to explode from the inside. And then she remembered her mother, saying that only a man gets sexual pleasure. And that was the cross a woman had to bear. And that thought made the pressure subside. And she just felt a small gush of fluid. Patricia took Marilyn by the hand and led her into the bedroom. She sat on the bed and spread her legs wide. Just kiss it, Patricia said. Marilyn got on her knees and thought it would be disgusting, but it wasn't. After a few light kisses, Marilyn was moving her tongue up and down, liking the taste and smell. Patricia moaned and then lifted up one of her tits and sucked on the nipple. She moved her hips forward, trying to get more of Marilyn's tongue inside her, but she just barely penetrated her. So she sucked on her nipple harder and used her other hand to massage her own clit. In a few moments, Patricia was shaking as an orgasm racked her body and her breathing became labored. Thanks, I needed that. Marilyn quickly got dressed and didn't make eye contact for over a week. They didn't do it again and never talked about it. The cab pulled up to the building Patricia gave the cabbie a big tip. They both straightened up their clothes before going into the lobby. Marilyn explained to the security guard that she would be working through the night and that Patricia would be down shortly. As soon as they got inside the office, Patricia grabbed her hand that was headed for the light switch. Keep the lights off. Other office towers surrounding the building made the office glow with reflective light. Patricia pulled her close, reached up underneath the blouse, discovered Marilyn's braless breast, found her nipple, and tugged at it. I want you. Marilyn had drunk just enough liquor not to care. She flopped onto the couch, and Patricia kicked off her pumps and got between her legs. She grabbed Marilyn's skirt and pulled it down over her hips, almost breaking the zipper. She then pulled Marilyn's panties down her long, thin, pale legs. You're so skinny. But you're so hot, Patricia said, and then buried her face between her friend's legs. Marilyn put her head on the back of the couch and thought that if she got a few hours of sleep, she could still run the reports early enough in the morning before the rest of the staff arrived, and they could be back on schedule by mid-morning. Patricia put her tongue in deep and moved it from side to side, but she remained dry and lifeless. Marilyn unbuttoned her blouse without thinking about it, and then Patricia went up and sucked on a nipple. She pulled on it with her teeth until it was hard and firm. She sucked on the other nipple while working the first one between her thumb and finger. In a few moments, both nipples were engorged. Your nipples are so big. They were dark brown, almost black, and huge, as big around as a little finger. Patricia continued to tongue them while taking off her suit jacket and then her blouse. The lacy, white material of her bra barely contained her tanned breasts. Marilyn looked down at Patricia's ample cleavage and had a sudden urge to bury her face in it. But before she could follow through on that impulse, Patricia went back down between her legs, trying again to bring her pussy to life. Marilyn stuck her hand between Patricia's breasts and wondered if anything else could feel so soft and warm. She pulled down the bra straps and then pushed the cups down. The material propped them up, making them stick straight out. She massaged both breasts and raked her fingernails over the nipples. Patricia rewarded her by really going after her sex, holding nothing back until her face was all wet. 
but Marilyn didn't notice. Patricia stood up and took off her skirt and pantyhose, slid down the sopping wet panties, and then straddled Marilyn's head. Now eat me, I want to get off. Marilyn moved her tongue around, but still had no idea of what to do. At that moment, she just wanted to go to sleep so she could get up in the morning and start working. Patricia moved around on her face, covering it with fluid. Eat me, Patricia said, grabbing her hair and lifting her head up. Marilyn was wondering why she would get pleasure from this, but moved her tongue around, hoping it would end soon. Oh, yeah, that's it, baby. Eat my hot box. Marilyn stopped, so Patricia pushed down and moved back and forth over her mouth, chin and nose, up and down, and side to side. Her large, flabby thighs were beating the sides of Marilyn's head. Suddenly, Patricia stopped, and the last thing Marilyn remembered was her face being bathed in warm fluid. We hope you enjoyed listening to this excerpt from The Wall Street Dom. If you would like to hear the entire audiobook, it can be purchased at Amazon.com, Audible.com, and iTunes.com.